0: If you want to listen to two weirdos talk about real estate, here's your chance. Welcome to Realtors from the Garage. All right, welcome to the garage. Uh, Another episode, I'm Scott Linehan. And I'm Joey Ubel. I'd like to personally think uh, your daughter stopped in and recorded the intro, (laughs) so your two favorite weirdos. Two favorite weirdos, here we go again. So, uh, the topic today, Joe, um, you were vying for another Era of Homes, which... Uh, I keep plugging along. I'm like, we got to keep keep doing these Era of Homes. And, and uh, th- I thought a market update. Oh, in The <laughs> the, uh, the episode rankings, the Era episode actually ranks out a little better. I don't... I, Just going to say it. I will admit it. <laughs> When you brought up doing another Era episode, um, um, my stomach sank a little bit. I get it. I People clearly want to listen to it. People have, have, have if you're like me... I don't know how you do a whole other episode now breaking it into smaller pieces. But today what we're going to talk about <coughs> is a market update. Wait, don't you like history?
1: I love history. Okay, let's talk about history of houses.
0: So uh, <laughs> today what I'd like to do is actually give uh, some of... Our listeners, it's a true garage episode in the sense that there's uh, not a ton of structure to this. It's simply kind of what we're both seeing in the marketplace. Sure. Um, I know I've been doing a lot of open houses. You've been doing a lot of open houses. So yep. the offers, we're out writing offers. We're seeing th- certain things. Our listings, we're seeing things there. So I think just a short episode to kind of give people an idea. Uh, spring, early summer market, you know, if you're jumping in, what can you expect?
1: Well, once you also say that that this market, um, even though we we see the outside of factors with the mortgage rates and you know the economy stuff right now, um, this spring market is no different than every other spring market.
0: It's probably the closest to normal that I've seen in two years. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Whatever, Whatever have, that means. You I mean. have a little give and take. Uh, there's been some some positives and negatives with it, and you know you kind of plugged your way into summer.
0: Yeah, most that appreciation over the course
1: of the year is kind of built into for sellers is built into this front end of the market. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And that in that same aspect, let's talk about about values and what that means and where, where the values come from. So if you are pricing your home in a for a listing in February, where are you getting your pricing?
0: So let me ask you this. Markets that you did in January and February, mm-hmm. as they're hitting the market in April, are you noticing I'm noticing a bump but most of what I'm seeing is when I set that window on value mm-hmm. we're more firmly on the top end of that value
1: yeah well like well, that's where I was gonna gonna go with it is okay. you know in, in January and February you're looking at um, last fall's last summer's uh, numbers right so would which which last summer's numbers were playoff of the spring numbers the spring sets this tone for the rest of the year essentially so we're looking at fall numbers and this this fall was a little bit different because people didn't know how to handle the rate jump and i think kind of things were kind of a little bit stagnant in a lot of ways um so then pulling but loose. it was
0: saved sellers were saved by the fact there was no inventory right so while we saw a little regression in price point it wasn't significant it maybe two
1: percent right yeah right it wasn't a lot but the only thing that they could say is you could have more opportunity for negotiations there's a little more, there wasn't as many buyers sitting there looking at houses, um, but there was less inventory. So you have few houses to choose from.
0: Yeah. And I know I was screaming to buyers, like, I mean, if I'm getting into the market, no one wants to move in the winter. But I mean, right. that was the time that November to like January, there was some deals to be had. There was. But let's talk right now. Okay.
1: Open houses, what are you seeing? tons of traffic people uh, buyers are active right now and um buyers want are circulating around those few properties they're listing so inventory is still very low you know mm-hmm. we're seeing houses that are very limited on areas that have you know you know new listings every week of five to six houses in that one pocket location and that's it i think that's being generous it's probably is being generous <clears throat> um
0: so open houses, I agree. I'm seeing a ton of foot traffic. A lot of people are already affiliated with agents, so they've been looking for a while. They're kind of established mm-hmm. in the market. I'm noticing uh, some buyers that had stepped away from the market that are
1: back in. Right. So they stepped away at probably the time they should have stepped in. But now they're back in. Well, they stepped away probably because they were unsure what the rates where they're gonna be at. And now it's like, if this is where we're at, this is where you're gonna buy, and there's not much you're gonna change
0: at this moment i'm getting the comment uh because i think they're um they're conditioned Mm -hmm. uh how many offers on this home and what i'm seeing instead of uh 12 15 offers and maybe three to six Mm -hmm. right i'm not saying that I, i i haven't personally been involved in a bunch where there's there was one down in Rosemount, there were 52 offers on it. Now, oh, clearly that, was... that property
1: was undervalued. What's funny, that one? so you, you walked through the buyer of that property. I actually walked through a buyer of that property, and my buyer decided not to, to, to be involved. But your buyer did, and, and you're coming to find out there was 50-plus offers on that property. And my
0: buyer went way over the top and wasn't even in the top five.
1: But See, that was a severely undervalued, unique property. Well, let's talk about, about that a little bit. So values itself are strong. In the spring, but I think what we're seeing is you know what you're going to get if you're going to get more than one offer on a property, is going to be how you structure your offer. I'm sorry, how you structure your listing, right? So if you take your listing, and push value, and put yourself at the top end of the market, and expect to get multiple offers, you might be surprised to not.
0: We did. There's a recent example,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where uh, the house probably should have been priced springwise at 425. Mm-hmm. Seller priced at 450. Mm-hmm. So kind of built in that multiple offer bump, right? Yep. Ended up with two offers on the house. Which is great. Yeah, sold for just a, a hair over mm-hmm. list price. Um and the seller was mad.
1: Well, they wanted that that big fight over they wanted ten offers. That, but they'd yeah. already built the bump in, mm-hmm. right? So um because well, th- so you think about it this way, so if if you pricing at a location where you will drive uh, more buyers to that location or to that house, and it will alleviate more price points. Let's say if, uh, um, a house that could push value at four and a quarter, but really it's at four. Um, you could attract buyers that are at four hundred thousand, and are maxing out at four hundred five, four hundred ten, which then increases the opportunity for the buyers that will pay four and a quarter for it to want the house more
0: it leverages them
1: because there's a desire
0: even though uh, they're not uh, they have way more muscle to beat out those buyers that are already maxed out
1: and it's unfortunate for those those ones that maxes out 410 but what it does though is it it, it, then it creates more of an environment that someone that can have the bigger muscle to create the environment they will show up with bigger muscle yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, that's uh, the
0: the risk that some of those buyers, if they're looking at the top of their price range that they run into, uh, they walk into a house, it's valued well, mm-hmm. it ends up in multiples, and they're already using all their muscle to kind of get there. Right. So, of course, it sticks out to the other, let's say, $400,000 properties because it's priced uh, fairly right. for what it's offering, Right. and it's going to get that bump. And your buyer, if they're already maxed out, doesn't have that additional firepower to kind of get it done. Right. So uh, unfortunately, what that property does when it sells and when it closes is it lifts the bars, the the bar on value for a lot of surrounding
1: properties. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but in the same in the same aspect though, so uh, every spring, every summer, it's except for the last maybe you know three years. Yeah, this been the same trajectory of what happened the spring market come comes up you have your your prices established on what value is for the neighborhood in the summer uh you get to july or august and those those sellers are looking back at those prices they got in the spring and go i want that price yeah and what has happened is the prices that they got in the spring are, might not be as matchable in the summer because the market changed. The market coming in July and August turned into a, a summer market and in our area, it ends up being a little bit more of a, a touch and go. Um, in, in a traditional market, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, the last few years has been a little bit similar to that, um, but still not as crazy as spring. So rates, if we take a look at rates,
0: um, you know, I... I the, we see the Fed raise the, the rate between the banks another quarter percent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't translate to the mortgage market, but you never, um, you know, I'm, and the, the banks, my understanding, are using some, we just had a, a loan officer stop in, and we're seeing quite a variation on rates that are being offered to different mm-hmm. buyers.
1: Based on credit scores and sort of things like that.
0: A credit score that isn't just straight off your, your FICO score. It's There's some other variables that yep. are in there so that's when you try and get your thumb on a loan officer on what rate can you quote i mean they need to take a specific look at you and help you determine kind of where that rate falls for you and
1: i, and I think also that's in the same aspect knowing what's happening with that and so what basically i should just scale back just a touch on that um these lenders are going to be giving these situations where if they fall into a certain credit score they're going to charge more based on your credit score but you need to corner your loan officer a little more and ask more questions because I think there, there's more information to be had on what can get you out of that price point, what can get you out of that, that extra, extra uh, costs to do those loans.
0: Yeah, the banks are getting a little uh, more creative. Uh, Bell Banks had stopped in and had talked to us and uh, had talked about uh, how we're going to start seeing probably some more FHA style loans. Uh, VA because that because
1: some of those prices on that went down has and went the down. pricing
0: on it is better. Uh, I know FHA buyers in this marketplace the last two, three years. Mm-hmm.
1: They're I don't want to say they're dead on arrival, but they're it's, they struggled. It's hard for them to compete. Um, yeah. Well, it usually most con- traditional FHA buyers uh, would say that they have um, less cash to play with, yeah. so less down payment, which um, is the benefit of FHA exactly. Yeah uh but i think we're finding now is 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 uh, you know i have a buyer right now that that you know it, it makes more sense to fha because they they um financially can purchase more it costs them less and the rates lower
0: because the rates lower their purchase power higher right yeah so i think we're going to start seeing more fha within the marketplace uh which will be hard for agents because we've been conditioned
1: to conventional 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 yeah. that's the best best offer to, you're going to get besides cash so we're going to see a lot more of that um but that also the same aspect, you're going to have to consider FHA's rules, which is, you know, condition is important.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, and some of the, the hot buttons for them is peeling paint, broken window panes. Railings. direct uh, railings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk, kind of come back to um, sellers that we're seeing that are building that bump in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting on the market. They're not selling within the first week because they've already pushed value. I always use the term weighed and measured they get weighed and measured very quickly and if they're not selling uh if there's not some objection they can answer with the house uh, you know carpet paint uh wallpaper uh some objection that you can overcome mm-hmm. i mean if the house is stellar i've got a listing now the house is in phenomenal condition Um mm-hmm. uh, it's the whole, we like you, but we don't love you, right? We're waiting for the next one. That is a value-driven conversation that has to happen. Value got pushed, and now we need to dial that value back in.
1: Well, in the same aspect, you know, um, it, the market itself for housing is brutally honest in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, it always has been, it always will be, you know, our job isn't to pinpoint the exact price point your house will sell for. We we know very very closely what's probably going to happen. Yeah. But we can't guarantee it's going to be this until we put it out to the masses. The masses weigh and measure it, and then we get to understand what's happening. Read the tea leaves. Read the
0: bones. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What are we hearing? What's What's an objection we can overcome, and what's not?
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. So- yeah, and our our job is then to take what we we found out about those those properties and we then or uh, kind of what about the buyers that we're getting and kind of kind of weigh them against each other and see what the best option is for our sellers. 50 even below 400. Mhm. Ultra competitive. Yes. Yep. Ultra competitive. Anything in that first tier home buyer Section has always been competitive, but even now it's even more competitive because you know, uh, everyone's trying to watch their dollars on what the costs of the mortgages are. I think the middle gets, uh, which is a
0: common theme for a lot of things. The middle that kind of that 450 to 550 600 Mm -hmm. is struggling a little bit more
1: in terms Um, of inventory. You thinking,
0: or? Inventory, but also being overvalued and uh, having to be a little more prepared for the market and competitive with the marketplace um, in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I'm seeing the top end of the price range. Uh, I'm very surprised in some of the stuff that's uh, 700 plus. plus, how competitive that has been. Uh, I had an Eden Prairie situation, 15 offers. And um, yeah, I mean, we were 10% over and we weren't
1: even in the ballpark. Well, I think, I think you know, that, that comes back to the aspect of sometimes times buyers are driven towards houses that are, are, have value. And they see this as a great value for the price, for the upgrades that are put there. And they get chances to go, well, this makes sense. And if you end up with 20% on a property, that tells you that your price point might have been under what maybe the market's telling you the price is worth.
0: Yeah. Or again, that supply demand type thing
1: too. Yeah, right? which is huge. So, um, there, there, there definitely is, is a, um, a lag in the market of those people that are selling their 400, 350 to 500,000 properties to the ones, cause they're the ones that are moving up to the, 600 to 800,000 properties. So there's a lag in that market because there's not enough inventory of people who want to sell there between four and fives to move up to the six, seven and eights. So there's not enough inventory on the top end to sell for the bottom end.
0: Yeah. I think again, it's to the individual community, the individual price point, I think the general overview we gave on kind of that pocket, but everything's, again, having your house priced uh, or uh, prepared price fairly th- the market takes care of itself
1: it so, does and it's it's so important to have that prepared uh, market um, uh, house for your market you don't want to want to come into the market you know I'm um, trying to chase your tail if you're not ready for the market yeah say buyer coming into the marketplace uh,
0: what should they expect uh, is, uh, they expect to get in and out of the market right away what's an average timeline for someone from the day they contact you to the time they're closing,
1: it depend That's a, that's a loaded question because you know it is you know, a loaded so question. So it's like, are you in a price point that's very does uh, it, realize it's
0: pretty unfair.
1: Yeah, it's but you, it really depends on what they're looking for, what their situation is, where they're going, how they're getting there, what their situation looks like in terms of their loan or payment product. You know, it could be quick. It could be you know a a six month drawout process because we're 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 not trying to. Win a property. We're trying to buy the right property, yeah. and you know if if you're, if you're talking about that cyclical end of the market, you know you're you're chasing the market around the way the way it always is every year. You know the spring market, you're fired up. You give know, tons of inventory, the most inventory you're going to find every during the year because that's usually when people are are told this is when you list. Yeah. So that's your most your most competitive section of the market. So back to that. Most
0: buyers in that marketplace too, because they're hoping to buy. Get settled in the home
1: in the spring, maybe summer. School, is part School of it. starts. Yeah. You know, but the better times to 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 take advantage of the market, kind of what you alluded to about the fall in the in the winter, is you get towards that um, upper end of the of the summer, that July, that August. It tends to be like that time when people kind of forget about day to day business stuff, um, and they kind of worry about their vacations. They worry about you know what their cabin trips look like. Stuff like that so they, they, there is a, a chance in the market for you to take advantage of not as much uh, buyer activities um, sellers might be be more apt to rate to, to, to have more discussions about the property yeah. um, and you come into the fall it, 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 it chan- changes the aspect of the market. so if you're, are advising, you are in advising a buyer to take advantage of certain types of the times of the market, summer, fall, winter, And spring is usually the hottest inventory time.
0: Well, that's where most of the bump is. So if you're waiting until the following spring, uh, you're going to get another bump. So if you're looking in the fall, maybe you've got... Again, there's been nothing normal about uh, the marketplace the last couple of years. No. So, I mean, you're looking into a crystal ball. I'm looking into a crystal ball. This last winter was, I think, a great time to buy. Um, What's going to be forthcoming this summer, fall I think there's still a lot
1: of uh, again if you can get in on the front end uh, but would you, would you also say though that if you t- took out the market factors of the economy just pull that out, out, out of the market in terms of what changes uh, what the market situations it is generally the better time time to, to purchase to be able to, to comfortably not have to be as competitive to look in the fall, winter Later and life summer. doesn't work that way. I mean, what nope. you're
0: what you're insinuating too is that. Uh, uh, well, first of all, uh, Joe, it's really
1: sh- crappy for business if we're all waiting until the fall or fall, <laughs> or fall and, uh, You're t- so you're waiting. talking about us, but yes. Yeah. in general, what I'm, I'm saying that it is is if you're gonna have the uh, if you are are playing the market to, to take advantage of the inventory that's out there then yes, the market towards the fall and the summer will have a little more to have discussion about. I think the other thing
0: we're dealing with is that you've got a lot of uh, folks, and I think we've talked in uh, some previous episodes about it, um, they're sitting on a rate when they refinance that could be around 3%. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of folks that I think in a normal cycle would look at moving up, moving down Absolutely. that are sitting on a, a mortgage rate that they go, I, well, I don't want to give this up, Well, that, that's that's which the... is driving some of that lower inventory
1: again. Absolutely. That's just what
0: I was going to so, say. So again, with that low inventory, uh, unless you got some of those homes that are late to the spring market, late summer, I think we're going to continue to see that low inventory number roll all the way through. The only thing, that the benefit that you're alluding to is that the number of buyers start to kind of shrink. That's kind of what I'm saying. Which allows you potentially to, uh, well, compete with less people. I always try and be the half uh, glass, half full type guy where (laughs) you go in and there's 10 offers on a property in a 350 range. And it's, you know, you know it drew 10 of the A-level buyers that were looking in that area. One of them wins it. And now I look at my client and I go. The good news is there's only nine of you out there now, that are looking in this area until someone new comes in, right? So you know you have a competition of nine people.
1: Well, that's the same same thing that I just had a discussion about with the, with the buyer on last week. Is you know you're going into a situation where there's eleven offers on the property. If, you lose, or you win, one of the two, doesn't matter. You know there's ten buyers that didn't get your property which means the next uh, property that flips in the market that fits that price point, guess what those 10 buyers are doing? Yeah. They're, They're right there. They're scrambling over that house. They're right there looking at that, at that property and seeing yeah. if it fits their needs. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the, that's a challenge right now that the inventory being so low, we don't have enough, enough houses to accommodate all these folks. We're back
0: to, I'm noticing a lot of, uh, we're back to no inspection mm-hmm. for uh, some buyers being competitive, uh, I've seen some appraisal gaps again, Uh, do you want to describe what the appraisal gap is?
1: Sure. Uh, essentially what you're, what you're saying is, um, let's use, uh, a $300,000 sale price, um, or say list price and a buyer offers 325. Um, seller could, or a buyer could offer then an appraisal gap coverage and saying that if it appraises for less than 325, they will cover the difference in cash. So 310. So they 15, still have their down payment plus the extra cash to be able to make up the difference between the loan amount that the, or the, the, the lender's purchase price, purchase price. And what the lender will uh, borrow up to. based off on the appraisal.
0: Correct. So if the appraisal comes in at 315, there's a $10,000 gap between that 325 contract price and a 315 appraisal. Correct. So at that point, what they're guaranteeing to the seller is if the appraisal comes in light, 315, mm-hmm. that I will still have my 10% down, plus I'll come to the table with that additional $10,000. Correct. So which is great if your buyer has that cash fluidity. Right. Um, not every buyer does. I mean, for some buyers, their down payment is a lot of their juice, plus they've got an additional 2%, 3% in closing costs. Uh, which on a $300,000 purchase $6 to $9,000 of actual costs setting up escrows and loan origination fee and title fees um, so an extra 10 grand that's not an option for everybody well
1: let's also um explain that that, that if you do a complete appraisal we have coverage that could be um, not just $10,000, it could be fifteen. it could be twenty. dollars It could be the full twenty-five. It could be more than that, whatever appraised for less than, than what the list price was. And that's why the
0: appraisal gap, sometimes people will say, hey, I'll cover up to $10,000 of appraisal gap. Right. Which gives the seller some assurance that, all right, if it comes in at $315, we
1: are still covered. Or $310, we are covered up to $10,000 extra on top of that.
0: So that means the sale price would adjust potentially to $320, Correct. 310 $10,000 gap. Three twenty, right. So, yeah, we're seeing that again. Uh, is there anything else you're seeing that?
1: Uh, if you are talking associations, people are waiving the association timelines as long as soon as possible. Yeah, you know, they're, I, just, they're requesting I have one, one
0: right now that's down to three days.
1: Yep. Um, and that's I should say that's the, the you are given ten days review association docs. Um, but you can't waive it earlier than three days.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing buyers bump earnest money
1: yeah that's always a big one too but you know it
0: doesn't necessarily affect your bottom line but it makes it shows your
1: muscle it shows that you're you're in it to win it yeah. essentially so well, that what kind of covers
0: that's a synopsis of what's going on out there yep and uh, you know every situation every
1: negotiation is different uh hmm. i should reiterate that yeah absolutely so, and every price points to be a little bit different in lever any situations that'll be a little bit different in terms of the type of property who's circling that property the level of competition
0: you mean yeah, yeah I agree mm-hmm. so I think um, I think this should give everyone at least kind of a snapshot of what's going on mm-hmm. what you're seeing what I'm seeing yep uh, yeah absolutely I don't know if this is as valuable as air of homes Joe <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. I, think I mean, know.
0: I couldn't imagine uh, going on uh, for thirty minutes about nineteen seventies to eighties era homes.
1: Watch me do it. <laughs> I'm gonna make you do it, and you're yeah. gonna be you're gonna be. Oh, Maybe we, we can do, do it again. As bonus material. Please. Bonus material. Five minute bonus material. <laughs> All
0: right. So with that, uh, that'll wrap another episode of the Garage. I- again, I appreciate. Everyone that's listening, yeah, uh, I'm amazed. Yeah, we so. appreciate
1: everyone that can, takes a chance to uh, like and listen to our episodes and uh, to follow us. We appreciate it. Yep. So with that, we'll
0: uh, wrap up the chairs and close the door on another episode. Sounds good. I'm Scott Linehan and I'm Joe Ubel. Thanks for stopping by the Garage. <laughs>